kind of music would union, union wages. wages do? It's just kinda, it would be kind of a Huey Lewis sort of feel to it. It'd be working for a living. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Why Is This So Hard For You? Why Is This So Hard For Me? To Still Be Derek. Jonathan. Um, I've been Jet Inferno, so I'm going to be... No, Jet Inferno. Jet. No, no, no. I'm going to be like Turboprop Blaze. Ooh. That sounds like a new something we'd get at Quick Trip in a 32-ounce cup. Or a really bad wrestler name. <laughs> yes. Ultralight Spark. I don't know. <laughs> Featuring Cargar. <laughs> the magnificent uh, something two of us know yes and that's it well we are so glad that you have joined us yet again for another episode of our little podcast where we take artists you may probably know and songs you may probably not know at least we hope we're introducing you to something new and so uh without further ado we're going to get to jonathan is going to go first this time jonathan Let's play this thing, and we'll see what we've got here. Hopefully this will play, and we'll see. Mm. Oh, this is a good song. Such a great song. Not released off of Huey Lewis's 1983 album, Sports. That's because this is Motley Crue. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> exactly. Finally found a home. Uh, an amazing, an amazing song uh, from from this band, and you know, buried buried deeper in the track list. Uh, again, never found its way to uh, to the radio. And um, you know, this this is actually uh, was one of Huey's more most personal songs because it's just a true story. It was written about finally having a career, a career in music, finally having a gig. And, uh, you know, his, as it says, finally found a home in, in a song. In a song. Yep. Exactly. And that is, uh, couldn't, have been more, couldn't be more true for uh, Mr. Lewis. This is, again, I find myself, and probably because I heard all the hits so many times, Sports was ubiquitous back then. It was played. Uh, all the hits got played to death. Mm-hmm. MTV, pop radio. But boy, these non-single releases are fantastic. This one I've always loved. The 12-string mm-hmm. at the beginning, so good. Right. From Chris Hayes. Chris Hayes is a great guitar player. Um, the other one is Walking on a Thin Line. Mm-hmm. Oh, another really good one. And then the, the album features a doo-wop song. I know, and that's a great one. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I, I skip the hits just to get to yep. some of these lesser-known tracks. So, I mean, if you're not uh, intimately familiar beyond the hits of sports, I encourage you to go check out this album. Yeah. This is one band I bet um, people only know the hits and don't know these deeper songs, but they're really missing out. Mm-hmm. If that's all the you know. The first two albums were really good. They were excellent. And right. they had some hits. Right. Uh, working for a living. And do was, you believe in do love? You believe right. in love. But they weren't like when they just blew Heart up. Heart of rock and roll. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If if the hits on here had not been played to death, they too would be fantastic. Sure. But they were played to death, and so we can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. That's That happened. 
not so many years ago, um, before uh, Huey's unfortunate uh, hearing issue, I saw Huey Lewis and the News at Kansas Star Casino. And it was an amazing show. Yeah. They opened with Heart of Rock and Roll. Oh, did they? Which is a great opener. I mean, you've got the the kick drum mm-hmm. with the heartbeat, and you know what's coming. Yeah. Guitar solo there yeah. was great. Oh, yeah. Chris Hayes was a great guitar player. Yes. Yeah. yeah well, do you want to hear my Huey Lewis story? Yeah. I think I know this. Go. Yeah. Was uh, Went to see them before this album. So they, it was still just the first two albums, yep. Huey Lewis and the News, and then Picture This. So it was out at a smaller venue, a place that seated a couple thousand. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was there with my roommate at the time, Frontiers Mark. Is this Frontiers Mark? Yes. Shout out to Frontiers Mark. Yeah. And we're waiting for the parking lot to clear. So we're just kind of walking around. The, the building, was a, the, it's a circle venue. We're walking around, just kind of hanging out. And a guy sticks his head out from behind a curtain and says, hey, do you guys want some sandwiches? <laughs> Apparently they had catered too much. So we went back and there's the band back there having sandwiches. Um, the bass player, um, Mario Cipollina or something like was that. Was leaving with two girls on each arm. Okay. but Is that he- a total of four girls? He had four arms? No, two girls, one on each arm. Oh, okay. I was not clear, was I? Yeah. (laughs) Here I was thinking he had four arms. (laughs) No, no, he was doing the right thing and just had two. One on each arm. Yeah. That's good. And there was Huey Lewis sitting in a chair just signing autographs. People could go up and he'd sign stuff. And so that was. You haven't signed your sandwich? (laughs) No, I just ate the sandwich. Oh, you ate Mm. the sandwich. And uh, I I have, he had. postcards oh and um he wrote a little thing on there something about um hear the news huey lewis and oh that's that's funny okay was, that's wow. good so that's my huey lewis uh yeah so i hung out with the band yeah that's yeah. how that's how i'm telling this story i hung out with the you band. Hung, and you and you left with a sandwich on each arm i had a sandwich you and frontiers mark had a sandwich in each hand Yes. Because they had way too many sandwiches. <laughs> yep. Yep. So that's back when uh, Grinder Man would cater. They were the big party subs. Yep. Mm. There you go. Mm. Now I'm hungry for sandwiches. Okay. Jonathan, that was. I love that you brought Huey Lewis in. Thanks for doing that. That's a good one. Okay. I guess I'm up next. Uh, let's see what we got. Uh, ah. What's this? Oh, it's smooth. Toto returns. I'm Derek, your host of Quiet Storm. <laughs> this is Toto. Yes, Toto third, returns. Third time yep. in seven episodes. I think we are Toto fans, I dare say. This is the final track on the album Fahrenheit, the sixth studio album by Toto, released in 1986. Their first album to feature Joseph Williams as the lead vocalist. He's still with the band. The band here is Joseph Williams on lead backing vocals, Steve Lukather, guitars, vocals, David Page, keyboards, vocals, Steve Percaro, synthesizers, Mike Percaro, may he rest in peace, in bass, on bass guitar, and then Jeff Percaro, may he rest in peace, on drums and percussion. But Joseph Williams is not on this song, because we have here the late, great Miles Davis. 
See, and I thought it was Doc Severinsen. You would be wrong. Well, it's because his trumpet's more of a, a thick, ropey stream mm. of sound. Yeah, that's... Of, of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> but it's muted, so it's yeah, got to be mild. That's, yeah. that's it. Yeah, so... Um, this tune was recorded in Jeff Ricaro's home studio. Lukather tells the story in his book. I have not read The Gospel According to Luke. Curtis, you've read it. Yes. Okay. Lukather writes, We had all our gear set up ready, and we played it once live, this song. But we knew it wasn't right because Miles suddenly wanted to change everything on the spot, as he would. No one tells Miles Davis what to play, so to save time and not lose his interest, we asked him to blow trumpet on whatever he wanted over the background track. Miles said, Roll the tape. That's my Miles Davis imitation. And straight up put down the most unbelievable take. He was out in Jeff's studio blowing up a storm and we were in the control room screaming and pounding on the floor not able to believe what we were seeing or hearing. At the end of the track, Miles kept on playing and we left the tape rolling. That wound up being the last thing people heard on the Fahrenheit record. Miles Davis's horn blazing off into echo. And in fact, I think that little part's coming up here in just a minute. Um, Interesting to continue the story. Um, later on, sax player David Sanborn came down to play on a different tune and he had heard the cut mm-hmm. on the tune with Miles and he said I gotta hear it and they played it he flipped out and he goes please just let me play on the track so there's the, a touch he, of David Sanborn yeah so you hear a little bit of sax and it's David Sanborn on the same track with Miles Davis wow and there's Miles kind of playing off into the distance in a thick ropey string there he goes uh, according to uh, another interview with Lukather, the only payment Miles took for playing on this track was a painting that Jeff Percaro had painted that he really liked. So they paid Miles with a Jeff Percaro painting. Wow. <clears throat> but, the, but get this. David Foster called a month or so later asking for Miles to appear on an album that Foster was doing. Miles asked for 50000 <laughs> oh. So mm. I kind of love that Miles stuck it to uh, David Foster. Yeah. That's so great. I'm sure he would love to know that it was a Toto album. Yeah, he, that's no love that, lost there. So, yeah. yeah. Did, did they promise not to feed him after midnight or get him wet? I do not know. You've gone You've gone so obscure, I'm lost. It, gremlins. Oh, okay. Because he always looked like the little evil gremlin. Ah, yes. Us. Yeah. Miles or David Foster? Miles. Okay, why at choose? The, at the end, Miles looked like a little, gremlins. Yeah, a little, a little bit. Um, did you like now Toto is I mean that's your that yeah. is your favorite band Curtis yeah so did you like them kind of ending with a smooth jazz-ish song oh, yeah. and okay yeah I mean they had enough other stuff on there and, it, and the one thing about Toto is you're never going to pigeonhole them in a, a, a sound right and that was frustrating for the critics obviously because right. Toto wasn't one thing they were 27 things I just listened today to a portion of an interview with Simon Phillips, who was the drummer that replaced Jeff Percaro after his death. Mm-hmm. And he said the one thing people get wrong about Toto is they say that they were a, a group of session musicians that formed a band. So these guys were a band who were also session musicians. Ah, that's a they good distinction. They were a band since high school. These guys played together in high school. That's true. That is true. That and is he so said true. that that is the wrong way to look at them. Mm, that's fascinating. 
Well, here's my uh, copy of Toto Fahrenheit remaster on Friday Music. I don't even know if Friday Music exists anymore, but that's a that's a good little remaster. So, Curtis, we're ready for you, All brother. Right. All right. So, let's see Rosalinda's eyes. Where do we find this? Okay. <laughs> Here we go. This is Michael McDonald from his 1982 solo debut album, If That's What It Takes. Okay. And the song is That's Why, and it was the side two, for those of us who had LPs, it's the side two opener. Can I ask you a question before you get any deeper? Okay. I, on purpose, did not look at the personnel on this. So when you get ready to do the personnel, can I ask a couple questions and see if I'm right? Sure. Okay, so carry on. But when you get ready for personnel, let me jump in. Um... The song was written by, co-written by Michael McDonald and Randy Goodrum. Ah, Randy Goodrum. So many great ballads yep. with Steve Perry, Lukather, and obviously with Michael McDonald. Lyrically, the song is about resilience and not dwelling on negativity and negative emotions. Um, this is my favorite lyric. talking about negative negative emotions he says i don't rule you out it's like i know this could come back but i know you're there mm. but i'm on to you there but i'm on to you now ah. the rest of this you know it's it but i thought that was a clever yeah. um, lyric there okay okay the players okay i'll get, start out with michael he's lead vo- vocals since an acoustic can i guess go ahead okay Drummer is clearly Jeff Picaro. Yes. Okay. That that one was easy. Um, bass player. I don't know why I'm guessing this, and I'm probably wrong. Is it Mike Picaro? Yes. Okay. There were a couple things that that the bass did that I thought sounds like Mike. Um, the rhythm guitar sounds like some of the stuff that Lukather's done on like Human Nature. So is it Luke? Yes. Wow. I'm three for three. Okay. I he- do I hear Christopher Cross in the background vocals? Yes. Okay. I knew I heard Christopher Cross. Guitar solo is either one of two people. Larry Carlton or Robin Ford. Not sure which. Robin Ford. Robin Ford. Man. I know my Yacht Rock. No kidding. Does Doc Severinsen appear anywhere on this song? Yeah, and I forgot <laughs> to go into the lyrics for Don't Stop Me Now. So, you know, Miles' lyrics. Yeah. So Okay, good. I did okay then. Who else do we have on here? Oh, we have, uh, let's see, you covered a lot of them. Lenny Castro. Okay. Mm-hmm. Does Michael play Fender Rhodes on this? Because I heard a Rhodes. No, he doesn't. Oh. He, he plays synths and acoustic piano oh, okay. on this. But another Michael plays Omardian. Fender Rhodes. Mm. Michael Amardian. Yep. And uh, the sax solo? Eric Marienthal. Tom uh, Scott. Tom Scott. The backing vocals, you've already mentioned Christopher Cross. Yep. But we have Maureen McDonald. Okay. I wonder what. I don't know. Brenda Russell. Okay, yep. um, Amy Holland. That's his wife. And Kathy Walker. Okay. Is Michael in there probably too on? Yeah. That's the guitar solo that you were talking about. No, this is the sax. And and they're 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 doubling each other. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I just... I thought it's either Robin Ford or Bord Larry. It so, is Robin okay. Ford, and it was produced, of course, by Ted Templeman. Oh yes, and engineered by Don Landy. Do we know? He that? was on some of it. I think okay. there might have been the beginning of. Yeah. He he did some of them. 
Templeman and Michael McDonald are very close friends. So they're, yeah. This, I just thought this was just such a great oh, it's, feel. It's a great song. So if we had to place this in the spectrum of Michael McDonald's career, obviously he had a little band gig with these guys named Doobie Brothers. Right. Yeah. Yes. Where does this land in the continuum of Michael McDonald? This is post Doobies. They may have. Um, I'm trying to remember when the last Doobies album that he was on. It was One Step Closer, which was after Minute by Minute, which mm-hmm. was '79. So that would have probably been '81, and this was really before he became everywhere. Yeah. The big hit was I keep forgetting. Off keep this, forgetting off this album. Um, and then he kind of blew up, of course, in the 80s. He was on everything. Yes. Um, so that was that was kind of the way that went. Um, after this was No Looking Back, I think. Yeah. So, okay. I thought this was the better of the two I albums. I think so, too. I think this is his best solo Yeah, work. I agree. I agree. There's going to be eventually one more song off of this album, but Ooh. that'll be down the road. Okay. Teaser. I think I know which one it is. It's... Um, We'll just keep that for later. Okay. Rosalinda's neck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I've got the, um, I've got the Burn to a Crisp album song. Not album. Please no. (laughs) (laughs) The entire Hyatt Fidelity album by It's it's a concept album. It would be Boston's first album (laughs) because every song on that, as great as they were. Got played to death. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'll keep it to one song. I will keep it to one song. So without any further ado, let's boot it up here and see what we've got. And you'll recognize it immediately. Oh. Oh, yeah. The video that made no sense. Yep. Just like John Anderson's lyrics. (laughs) This, of course, is Yes from 1981's 90125. Here's my copy right here. Uh, I'm sorry, 83. said 81. Mm. It's 83. 80, 81. 80, 81. Somewhere in there. That's Pat Um, I will say this. it gave This song gave Yes their only number one song. So, and I love Yes. If you look at my CD wall over there, that shelf is about half Yes. I've even invested in two of the Stephen Wilson remix CDs. I have the Stephen Wilson remix of Close to the Edge and Fred Fragile, or as they say, Fragile. Um, so I'm a... Like like Jonathan and Billy Joel, I'm all into Yes. And pretty much every other song on this album, except for maybe one other one, I'm good with. 90125 was a great album. But this song, once again, MTV. Yep. It's a tour de force for Trevor Ra- uh, Trevor Rabin, the guitar player. There's so many different sounds going on on the guitar. Um, and there's a fascinating video on YouTube of Trevor Horn, the producer, kind of showing how he did the orchestral stabs and some of the sound effects. So that's interesting. But again, when this comes on classic rock, I'm diving for the. Yeah. I'm diving to change the channel. I have a memory of this song. Um, 
when I was don't we all when I <laughs> yes. was in uh, middle school I was uh, in school band and played drums but uh, I wanted to learn to play drum set my parents got me a drum set a guy in my town who was a high school drummer and very good taught me drums and I remember having my Walkman and headphones yes. with this blasting and, and playing drums along with this because really it's not that tough no hate this part yeah triplets that is so 80s yeah it is it is a sound that has yep. not aged very well but this is a great guitar tone it is yeah this is the best part of the song i liked this when i first heard it yep now if you may know this i'm not sure if it's true Steve Howe, of course, was not with them at this point. Yes. I have heard he said this was not a Yes album. Uh, yeah, he hated this. And every time that Yes would do a tour where they put everybody on stage that was ever in Yes, all 84 members of Yes. <laughs> um, it's like Spinal Tap. Steve <laughs> Howe would be disinterestedly kind of just making some strumming motions on his guitar while Trevor Rabin handled the rest of the stuff. So he just couldn't be less into this song. So, yeah. Kind of like us right now. And We're all Steve Howe now. And so, you know, th- during that those performances, Rick Wakeman would be eating Indian food. Or sandwiches from handed, Huey Lewis. That was handed to him up. Have you uh, read the... Uh, Yes. Rick Wakeman book. Yes. Grumpy old rock star. Mm. He would have performances where the crew would be bringing him Indian food underneath his keyboard rig so he would, during extended periods, he would have something to eat. Yeah. I mean, what else are you going to do? Right. He's a character. He Yeah. He would... He would have eaten sandwiches with Huey Lewis. That's actually the most boomer thing I've ever said on this is he's a character. He's a, yeah. Mm. He's a real card. So there you have uh, 1983, not to 1981. Uh, You've got John Anderson, Chris Squire, Trevor Rabin, Alan White, Tony Kay. Yes, at the time, 90125 with their only number one hit, Owner of a Lonely Heart. All right. That that brings us to a close. Any parting shots that we want to throw out? Thanks for the sandwiches, Huey. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) They finally found a home. Free food. Yep. (laughs) I'm all in for that. Free food for a guy living in an apartment and working for... Working for a living. Oh, nice. (laughs) Ten cents over minimum wage. Yeah. Yeah. Good good deal. Washing it down with a thick, ropey stream of Dr. Pepper. Mm -hmm. Yum, yum, yum. Going down smooth. That concludes this morning's announcements. Thanks for tuning in. We hope to see you next time, maybe or maybe not. Bye-bye. Thanks for the